Well, uh, this coming year, I believe, is going to be an amazing year. Could I get somebody to help here? Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great, Abby. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, 2023 is going to be a great year. And I, I honestly believe that. And I think that, uh, thank you. If, if you are suffering, if you're struggling right now, and you say, well, how can you say that? Well, look at all the things that have happened. And there have been already some tragic things that have happened. Tragic in Israel, tragic uh, in our congregation. As, as I don't know how many of you knew Eliezer, but to, to hear that he passed away, and by the way, his funeral is on Tuesday, um, you know, these are things that just happen in, in our lives, and uh, we're not going to have perfect lives, but what we are going to have is that we're going to have blessings from God, and we are going to be able to walk with him in a way that will allow us to truly overcome the obstacles that are thrown our way. So, um, we're a month in. This is uh, the last weekend of January. And as I was praying and as I was getting strong encouragement from Maria, um, I am calling us to a 21-day prayer and fasting. <laughs> Did I hear a yes? Oh, <laughs> um, God, we, we're just going to ask God to do the amazing uh, for us and our families. We want to begin on February 5th. That's a week from tomorrow. And um, we will end February 26th, 21 days later. Um, I will next week give out a devotional for the 21 days. And also, I would mention that it'll be probably on the app. Uh, where is Jen? 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 Oh, there you are, right in front of me. Jen, can we put that kind of thing on the app? Uh, a devotional, a 21-day, yeah? Oh, that's right. You do a link, and then it goes to the thing? Yeah, or something. Well, anyway, Jen will figure it out. Um, and so uh, another reason to have the app. And um, we I'm excited. I, I believe that having a 21-day devotional that we're all working on at the same time is going to strengthen us and unify us, and I, I really am seeking the Lord on this. So the theme of this prayer and fasting comes from Psalm 63. It says in a portion, it says, to see God's power and his glory. Now, I'm asking God to show us his power, and uh, that would be healings and salvations and anything else he obviously wants to do, and certainly that we would plant seeds, but I believe we all know what power means, and we understand that word really well, but do we understand the word glory? And as Tyler prayed. I can't remember exactly what he said at the beginning of service in his prayer, but he, was, he said something about the Lord of glory, and I was thinking, okay. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about glory because uh, 
It's a word we read like many words and we might not think about. We might not even have a picture of it. But I think we need to. The glory of God is the beauty of his spirit. Now, uh, let me just say the, this first few thoughts that I have are, come from a website, and that is uh, gotquestions.org. If you've never been on that website, I think it's a reasonable website. I was talking to Leilani before services. You know, every speaker, every organization, every website has some sort of slants. And so you have to read things carefully and make sure that you're discerning because, because everybody has an angle, so to speak. And, but I find that uh, God Questions is usually pretty good uh, if you'd like to look at something about, uh, get an answer about Scripture. At any rate... They said that the glory of God is the beauty of his spirit. It is the beauty that comes from his character and all that he is. The glory of man, human dignity and honor fades. But the glory of God, which is manifested in all his attributes together, never pass away. It is eternal. Now, when I think of the glory of God... Honestly, and I think of the scripture, who do I think of? I think of Moses. Um, in Exodus 33, verse 18, he says, please show me your glory. And I, I just, when you think about it, isn't that a strange thing to ask for? I mean, is that what you ask for? Uh, okay, there is a yes. Uh, I, I've never said, Lord, please show me your glory. I, it just has not been how I thought. But this is what Moses said. And so he said, uh, this is you, uh, the Lord answering, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you and call out the name of Adonai before you. I will be gracious toward whom I'll be gracious, and I'll show mercy on whom I will be merciful. But he also said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. For me, from what I'm seeing in this scripture is that God is saying that his goodness is his glory, because the request was, show me your glory, and I don't think God is really trying to substitute. He's showing him that his glory is, is his goodness. Is, it's his righteousness. In verse 21, it says, Then Adonai said, See a place near me. You will stand on the rock while my glory passes by. Now, that's interesting because... Immediately, you might think, well, in that case, maybe the glory is something tangible that you can see. And that sounds reasonable, but I still feel that there is so much power in God's goodness that 
that's what's going by. In a sense, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a manifestation of who God is that is going by at this time. And he says, while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take my hand and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. So now we're seeing some sort of uh, idea that his face and is, is part of his glory. Now, the question is, are we talking about a physical face as we're thinking about face, like we see each other's face? Or is this something different? And I tend to think it's something different. I still feel that glory is, is, is just... A, I'm not even sure I can explain how I see glory, but I'm, I'm thinking of it as there is this goodness that God has. And it, as, we, as we seek to um, be closer to God, uh, it, it would overwhelm us. It would, it would be more than we could handle. And I think that God's splendor, his goodness, his, all the things, the attributes of God are so strong in terms of who God is and his righteousness that, that if we were in his presence in, in the physical sense, we would not be able to handle it. It would just be too much for us. I, I, and, and so when I, I've had to this week even rethink of what does it mean about the face of God? And is it really a physical face? Because the Hebrew does speak about a physical face. But yet, my question is, is this what Scripture is really saying? Is this what God is saying? And I'm not sure. In Isaiah 2, 10 and 11, it says this, Enter into the rock and hide in the dust for fear of Adonai and the glory of his majesty. So we are to, in a sense, looking at this line, we fear Adonai and then the glory of his majesty, again, majesty being his maybe regalness, uh, the glory of that is so great that we have to enter into the rock and hide in the dust. And the man of haughty eyes is humbled, the lofty ones brought low, for Adonai alone will be exalted in that day gives you something to think about, but then we look at the new covenant and the Burit Hadashah and see what the glory of God is there. And as far as I can see, it's revealed in Yeshua. It is revealed in Yeshua. So if you look at John 1.14, which I'm, I'm sure all of you know, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. We looked upon his glory 
the glory of the one and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. So maybe again, even though you know that verse well, maybe you haven't thought of what it means we've looked upon his glory. What is the glory of Yeshua? And we know it says here that it's from the Father, full of grace and truth. Because goodness, and I'll continue to use that word, goodness is filled with grace and truth. And that is the glory of Yeshua. It is a supernatural goodness. Luke 2.28, Simeon received him, meaning Yeshua, into his arms and offered a bracha, blessing, to God. And in this blessing, he says a number of things, but in verse 32 at the end, he says that Yeshua will be a light for revelation to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, interesting enough, um, a light for revelation to the nations. So the prophecy here is talking about that Yeshua will open up the eyes of the nations to who God is, to who he is. And the glory of your people, Israel. Now again, the, the word there, the glory of your people, Israel, Yeshua is the glory of us. In other words, he is the glory. We, we cannot be good on our own. The, the, we just don't, do not have the ability to, to understand and to fulfill the kind of goodness of who God is. And so Yeshua not only is our salvation, but he is our goodness. And as we rest in him, as we worship him, as we focus on him, some of that goodness comes upon us because we are receiving by abiding in him. In uh, John 2.11, Yeshua did this first of the signs in uh, Cana of the Galilee. He revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So one of the goodness things of his was that he was able to heal people. And that was part of his glory. Again, sometimes we think of glory more as a word like a, a, a shining something. We, we just get that kind of a visual of, of something shining. But I, I really believe that uh, oftentimes in Scripture, this glo the glory is referring to the goodness. 
we see in Matthew 24, 30, when Yeshua promises to return, um, it says, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Again, you know, I've, I've kind of this week taken this rabbit trail, so to speak, uh, in terms of the word glory, because when I picture uh, this verse and glory, I, I would picture something, I don't know, something with shining around him, uh, something where he, he sparkles, some, some kind of effervescent, I don't know what. And, and now I'm thinking of his power and his glory, just as you, for the most part, can't see power until it actually happens, where he does something powerful. It's the same thing with glory. You don't really see anything until you see and understand his goodness. So we can disagree about this, and we can argue about this if, if you'd like, but um, I, I really spent some time thinking and praying on this. And it, it really helped me as far as how I see praying and fasting. The theme, as I said, uh, is to see his power and his glory. And fasting and prayer, I really believe, carries some strong spiritual weight. It is filled with God's spirit. It displays God's attributes. We're asking God for his attributes to fall on us. We're asking for something that he has already promised us uh, in the sense that in Matthew 28, 18, we see that he has all the authority. And then in Luke 10, 19, he gives us authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Um, God has given us the authority. We have to be strong and use that authority. Um, there are certain foundations for this prayer and fasting that I'd like to just mention to you. Uh, uh, four scriptures that I, I feel are really important. Psalm 5, 3, and 4. Listen to the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to you. First of all, I believe that God is looking for us to be passionate. And this is not just a, Lord, I need some help. This is, Lord, I'm crying to you. I am in the pit. Help me. And Adonai, in the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I'll order my prayer to you and, eager, and watch expectantly or eagerly watch. I think that's the New American Standard. Um, so... Here it's saying two things. Number one is that I'm going to meet God in the morning. Secondly, I'm going to watch for the rest of the day and see what God does. This, to me, is part of the keys of prayer and fasting. Uh, 
We have to come to God in the morning, and then we have to keep our eyes open for opportunities for us and answers to prayer, just looking for the places that God is doing something. Secondly, we have Joel 2.12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. When, when, God, when, when God is saying here, turn to me, it's really asking us to repent. And so we are to repent with all our heart. And, and we'll look at that in a second. Uh, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So Let's consider that as we do prayer and fasting, that, that there's, an, there's a strong aspect of repentance. Isaiah 58, 6, you're all familiar with, I'm sure. Is this not the fast that I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? And I want to see that in my 21 days. There are things, you know, there are things that I, I can't speak for all of you, but I would say most of you probably are hiding some things. Uh, we all, I think, are hiding some things that need to be broken, that need to change, that need to... We, we just, uh, we don't have that full goodness of God, that, that glory. And I'm praying that in, in, we will get closer to, to having some of that goodness that God wants to instill in us as we're abiding in him. And Psalm 63, 2, oh God, you are my God, earnestly uh, I seek you. I believe, again, the New American Standard says early I will seek you. Either way, early and earnestly, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. So I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. So these are 21 days that I'm hoping you'll join. I believe God wants us to be passionate. He wants us to do what it says in these scriptures, cry out for help, to turn to the Lord with all our heart. We'll fast with weeping and mourning. And when we weep and mourn, it's because we are not happy with ourselves. It's not about others, it's about us. And we will seek God earnestly. Our soul thirsts for the Lord. Our flesh longs for the Lord. Wait and watch expectantly. I mean, do you feel the passion in all of these scriptures? Um, so last week I handed out the prayer, the year of acceleration. There are more copies of that prayer here. Just read it with me. Uh, we'll have it up here. It starts with Avinu Malkenu. Okay, join with me. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we do declare that in accordance with your word that you are a sun and a shield and that you bestow favor and honor. No good thing do you withhold from those who walk uprightly. Therefore, in accordance to your word and promises, we do declare with all our heart that this year, we who are God's people are coming into a shift. 
as we have sought to be faithful in honoring and obeying you, we declare that you are going to put us in a position that we could not ever have gotten into on our own. You are bestowing favor and honor in a fresh and new way. We declare in the name of Yeshua that this year doors are going to open for us that are not been opened before. What should have taken us 40 years to accomplish, you are going to do in a split second. We declare in the name of Yeshua that we are coming into acceleration. Suddenly, a dream will come to pass. Suddenly, a promise will be fulfilled. Suddenly, the negative situations are going to turn around. We are ready for the surpassing greatness of your favor. 2023 is going to be an exceptional year for us as we come into these supernatural shifts. We pray all of this and more in the mighty name of Yeshua. So... So I have a routine before I do anything in the morning. Um, I, my routine is that I read uh, some scripture and I read uh, and I have some, a short period of prayer and then I get out of bed. And um, one of the things I've added is that prayer. I, uh, because I want to walk around with hope. I want to walk around expecting God to do great things. I don't want to walk around moping if my circumstance today or yesterday was not good. I want to go forward. I want to move forward. I, I don't, I, you know, Philippians says, forgetting what lies behind and moving forward to the onward call of Messiah Yeshua. That's what I want. And so let me just mention a couple things from Daniel 9, because when I think of prayer and scripture, I think of Daniel. In, in Daniel 9, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of Midian descent, who was made king over the realm of Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books that according to the word of Adonai to Jeremiah, the prophet, the number of the years for fulfilling of the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70 years. So look, there are two ways you can look at this. The first way is you can say, oh, I wonder if it's true. I mean, I know that he was a good guy, Jeremiah, but, you know, was it really from God? I just, well, we'll see. We'll just see. Or you can say, whoa, we're in the 70th year. I better start praying. So I set my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So what does Daniel do? He says, wow, this is it. This is the time of warfare. It should be happening right now. Let's get to war. Let's battle. So Daniel's an amazing example. And then it's worth reading all of Daniel's prayer. We won't do that. But uh, if you continue in chapter 9 and go to verse 15, it says, So now Adonai Eloheinu, who brought 
you, um, your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made for yourself a name to, uh, to this day. We have sinned. We have acted wickedly. Let me just mention, uh, this reminds me of the message last week uh, where Paul, uh, we're reading Paul's testimony in Acts 26. And, and, you know, it's all about raising God up. It's not about Paul. It's raising about uh, God up. Well, Daniel's the same way. It's all about, this is who you are, Lord. This is who you are, Lord. And I'm going to challenge you to pray the way Daniel prays. This is who you are, Lord. We have sinned. We're no one. And so please, but don't get to the prayer too soon because we need to be before our living God. So you can read it. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, let your anger and your fury turn away, please, from Jerusalem, your city, your holy mountain. Because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of scorn to all those around us. In other words, I get it. We've been bad. And we've sinned. And now I am so sorry for that sin because it has led us to where we are right now. And when we continue in this, Daniel 9, 17, so now our God, listen to the prayers and petitions and so on. And just read it because what, what he keeps doing is he keeps talking about our sin and he keeps talking about the fact that, that this is for God because this is God's city. And, and so, you know, let's put this into terms that we'll understand. You're praying for a family member. Now, don't pray, oh, Lord, you can see what a mess they're in and blah, 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 blah. No, no, they are your child, Lord, and as they are your child, they are to be filled with the power of your spirit. So, Lord, fill them so they can be part of that upward calling. And, and so we've got to call them into where God has seen them with his eyes, not with our eyes, because so often we see the negatives and we pray the negatives. But we have got to pray the positives and we've got to learn from Daniel about how this works. So in, in, in is, the question is, is God speaking to you at this moment that you're going to be involved in prayer and fasting and believing for the whole year of 2023 that God is going to do greater things than you can even expect for? And so we're looking for this congregational prayer and fasting from February 5th to the 26th. Remember, as I mentioned earlier, revival begins with ourselves. And when we think of the characteristics of revival, it's a passion for God, a passion for his holiness, a passion for his word, a passion to be committed to a community of God's people, a conviction of, of sin, of personal sin, a spirit of humility, a desire to repent, a hunger to grow in righteousness, a strengthening of faith, an ability to see God's word and his truth in new revelatory ways, an ability to break the temptation 
temptation and the power that the world has in our lives, a desire to be obedient to God, (coughs) regardless where that leads you, the spirit of praise will come upon us. Let us be ready. Next Sunday, let us be ready. Let us, in fact, I, I, even the time leading up, you have a whole week, in, uh, a whole week to, to pray and, and get that anticipation humming and ready to roll so that when you hit that day, that first day, you are just excited because you know God's going to do something. Revival comes from repentance and humility, whether you're praying for yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your congregation, the, the country, uh, Israel, the United States, humility and repentance, and with the confidence of faith, and in the name of Yeshua, the authority of that name. So I pray in this time of prayer and fasting that God will transform us. I'm asking you to be part of that army, the warriors that are willing to move the mountain into the sea. I believe God wants us to remove complacency and receive his passion. I believe God wants to touch our hearts in a new way in order for us to be able to touch our other hearts. I believe it's time for our family and friends to come and know the Lord. And walk with the Lord. It's not enough to know him. we got to walk with him. I believe it is time for a great revival in Israel and here in the United States and all over the world. But it starts right here. I believe it starts at Gasparilla. It starts wherever we're going to be. I believe God is going to show us with his signs and wonders and miracles. So I'm asking you to join me for those 21 days. One of the greatest signs and greatest miracles, and we're going to have times of testimonies. Don't forget, you're supposed to get testimonies to me so that we can start having testimonies instead of announcements. Um, So make sure you get your testimony. I'd love to hear how you came to know the Lord. But I know my coming to the Lord was a miracle. There is no doubt about it. It's not that I was bad in worldly terms. It was just that God touched me, and that was it. People weren't involved in it, and God just touched me. And I believe God can touch you today. And so if you've never received Yeshua as your Messiah, today is the day because he's a personal God, and you need to receive him personally. So, if there's anybody here, anybody on Facebook Live who has never received Yeshua before into your life, now's the time. Say, I am ready. I'm ready to repent and declare Yeshua is my Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. I proclaim that you are my Lord, Yeshua, and I dedicate my life to you. Father, I just pray for anybody who said that prayer to just be excited about what God is going to do in their life starting right now. I pray, O Lord, that we will be excited. We will be excited in our families. We'll be excited wherever we go to see what God is going to do. Lord, make this 
congregation be excited where because you are so strongly in us and we are abiding in you father that we are excited about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and who you're going to do it to so lord pour out your spirit pour out your spirit i pray this in the name of yeshua if there's anybody here who's accepted the Lord uh, for the first time, anybody on Facebook Live, please contact our office. We want to give you a free um, book, a, a Bible uh, for your journey, but it's a great Bible which really helps you navigate and, and really shows you how to read Scripture and, and a lot of understanding through it. So please contact us. We'll give it to you free of charge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.